welcome to the European Heart Journal Case Reports. My name is Dr. Saad Fayaz and I'm one of the podcast editors. Today we'll be discussing a case report by C.E. Huang, Siri Kunchakara and Ankit Ratod from the University of California, San Francisco. The case details a 66-year-old female with a background of systemic hypertension and diabetes referred to the cardiology service following complaints of palpitations. She was evaluated with a resting 12-lead electrocardiogram, which demonstrated sinus rhythm with a right bundle branch block, and an echocardiogram, which showed a structurally normal heart. She underwent a nuclear stress test 12 months prior as part of perioperative evaluation for hip surgery, which was normal. A 24-hour halter monitor identified a premature ventricular contraction burden of almost 26% with a dominant morphology. She was subjected to stress perfusion cardiac magnetic resonance imaging to further evaluate cardiac structure, ventricular function and tissue characterization. This confirmed normal biventricular size and systolic function with an estimated ejection fraction of 60-65%. to There was no perfusion defect to suggest an ischemic etiology, however late gadolinium enhancement was noted at the subendocardial basal inferolateral wall and the mid-wall enhancement of the basal inferoceptum. Extracardiac findings were significant for hyalolymphadenopathy. She was therefore referred for fluorodeoxyglucose or FDG PET CT scanning. This identified FDG uptake in the hyalolymph nodes but no myocardial uptake was identified. Nevertheless, this raised suspicion for either lymphoma or sarcoidosis. A transbronchial mediastinal lymph node biopsy confirmed non-necrotizing granulomas suggestive of sarcoidosis. Sarcoidosis is an inflammatory granulomatous disease of unknown etiology, which is most commonly associated with pulmonary involvement, but may also involve other organs and tissue such as the heart, liver, lymph nodes, spleen, skin, eyes, parotid glands and phalangeal bones. Up to 1 in 4 patients affected by systemic sarcoidosis have evidence of cardiac involvement at autopsy or on imaging. Its prevalence is uncertain and thought to be underestimated due to the non-specific symptoms and subclinical disease, but it is estimated to be somewhere between 5 to 65 in 100,000 individuals, typically slightly more common in women than men, with a peak in the 20s and a further second peak in those around the age of 50. The highest rates are reported in either Northern European and African American individuals. Given cardiac sarcoidosis associated with a worse prognosis than those without cardiac involvement, prompt recognition is important to allow the introduction of immunosuppressive therapy using steroids. A diagnosis of cardiac sarcoidosis can typically be made when patients with a known diagnosis of systemic sarcoidosis develop cardiac symptoms. However, it can still be difficult to diagnose, as it can be difficult to differentiate from dilated cardiomyopathy, chronic myocarditis and giant cell myocarditis. Furthermore, the natural history of sarcoid can be highly variable, and it is not typically well characterised, with some individuals only having small areas of inflammation or scar with no significant clinical sequelae, whilst others develop a pattern of extensive inflammation and scar. Sarcoid is diagnosed histologically when biopsy specimens demonstrate the hallmark multinucleated giant cells in non-caseating granulomas in some organs of the body. Endomyocardial biopsy can therefore help confirm the diagnosis of cardiac sarcoid. However, sarcoidosis can follow a focal pattern of disease, which results in a low diagnostic yield of less than 20%. So a negative biopsy does not necessarily exclude a diagnosis of cardiac sarcoid.
lymph node or lung biopsy are usually targeted first due to a better yield and lower procedural risk. Sarcoidosis can therefore rely on a clinical diagnosis guided by patterns of organ involvement involving two of the respiratory tract, eyes and the heart alongside two of five characteristic lab findings which include high serum angiotensin converting enzyme activity and serum soluble interleukin-2 levels. Systemic sarcoidosis is an inflammatory disease with clinical symptoms in 60-70% to of patients though these symptoms are often not specific. These include mild fever, general malaise, night sweats and weight loss. Cardiac sarcoidosis may be clinically manifest in approximately 10%. In those with mild cardiac involvement, patients are mostly often asymptomatic, but this may progress and present as conduction disease with bundle branch block or atrioventricular block and symptoms of bradycardia, syncope or sudden death or left ventricular systolic or diastolic dysfunction with symptoms of heart failure. Myocardial inflammation and fibrosis are a substrate for atrial or ventricular arrhythmia such as ventricular extrasystole, ventricular tachycardia or fibrillation. Whilst these symptoms are not specific to sarcoidosis, these findings should prompt suspicion in patients with known systemic sarcoidosis. There are currently no biological markers of sarcoid which are specific to determining the progression of cardiac sarcoidosis. However, serum ACE brain natriuretic peptide and troponin may help assess extent of myocardial injury. The common electrocardiographic features include right bundle branch block, AV block, Q waves or ST change. Thinning of the basal ventricular septum on echocardiography is specific for cardiac sarcoid. Wall motion abnormalities, ventricular aneurysm, pericardial effusion and valvular regurgitation have also been described as features of cardiac sarcoid. This can be further evaluated on cardiac MRI alongside the use of T2-weighted STIR imaging with early and late gadolinium enhancement images to assess for myocardial edema and contrast enhancement, especially in the basal septum and lateral wall. It can also affect the epicardial wall or involve all layers of the heart. Late gadolinium enhancement is prognostic in cardiac sarcoid. These findings are often interpreted in combination with FDG-PET imaging, whereby areas of high glucose utilisation in sarcoid lesions reflect infiltration with inflammatory cells such as macrophages. Focal uptake or focal on diffuse uptake are patterns that have been described in cardiac sarcoid, and abnormal FDG uptake is also important for prognostication. Surveillance PET imaging is useful to monitor disease activity and may guide immunosuppression. As in this case, undetected myocardial FGG uptake cannot exclude a diagnosis of cardiac sarcoid as its presence is indicative of active disease. Treatment primarily consists of immunosuppression to control inflammation and therefore symptoms. This mostly involves steroids with the aid of steroid-sparing agents to avoid side effects of chronic steroid use. There are currently no clear protocols on initiation, tapering and maintenance of steroids. The regimes are generally tailored to clinical and imaging response. In this particular case, the combination of late enhancement alongside the histological findings are supportive of a diagnosis of cardiac sarcoid, which is likely quiescent given the findings of the PET study. Nevertheless, it reiterates the value of a holistic approach to utilise all the available clinical information and the challenges involved in diagnosing sarcoid. Learning points FDG PET study identifies active myocardial inflammation, however a negative study result cannot completely rule out cardiac sarcoidosis. Cardiac magnetic resonance imaging is advantageous in the initial evaluation of cardiac sarcoid as it can identify myocardial scar, 
detect active inflammation and edema, assess left ventricular function, and exclude an ischemic etiology in a single study. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this fascinating case. Please do visit academic.oup.com forward slash EHJCR to read this article in full with the references and review other case reports. Music is Computer by State Shirt. <laughs>